everybody. I know it's been a little while since we've showed up on Anchor, so we'll start off today talking about where we've been, then I'll follow up with what I've been working on yesterday into today, and then end with some notes on the book I've been reading, Now You're Talking by Trevor Cox, who's also the author of The Sound Book. We took a little bit of time after the Alexa conference off of pretty much all social medias. We really wanted to get back to our product and figure out where we're headed because after seeing everybody who was talking at the Alexa conference, we thought internally in our own company, we know where we're at. But there's also an image of our company, Voice First, that we're putting out with everything we're doing on social media, in the podcast. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all those platforms. And we weren't really comfortable with the image we were putting out and how that influences other people. So we wanted to take a step back and reevaluate what it was we were putting out. And this is my first attempt to try to get us started again with really the intentions that we started with, which is to document where we're at, what we're doing, to serve as a reminder to ourselves a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, where we started from, what it was we started with, what we were actually completing and getting done that allow us to be successful in the future. Because today, to clear it all up for everybody, we are a startup, we are very young, Um, we have a couple of apps out, but we have not achieved any major success. We're still young. And I I, I need to continuously affirm that um, for ourselves, to keep the fire lit under our butts, to make sure that we don't get comfortable because the goals that we have to put voice applications that we've built into every single customer's home, to change the dry cleaning industry, to change how people are thinking about voice in general and how it shapes artificial intelligence. Those are big goals. And when we just talk about the goals, people can think that we've accomplished them. But let me remind you, we haven't. We're working, we're still young. So I think I've kind of hit that point in. Where I'd like to shift next is stand-up. Stand-up is a pretty simple style of agile framework for daily reporting and keeping the team on the same page. So I thought I'd share my stand-up today with the world so you can see what I did yesterday, what I worked on today, and the barriers that are slowing me down. The first part of stand-ups is talking about what value you added to the company yesterday. For me, yesterday, I worked on my Valentine, which is an app we were trying to get out before um, the February holiday of Valentine's Day so that people could send Valentines using their voice. It's out live now on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. And what I added in yesterday was our path towards monetization which allows us to be able to charge people 99 cents if they want to send a Valentine with their own voice. So that instead of the recipient hearing Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant hearing or them saying a text-to-speech, you could actually send your own voice. (laughs) I always forget to mute Alexa when I'm doing the podcast. Today, um, we went and had a meeting with Dublin Cleaners 
Um, we got to talk to them about some stuff that I'm not sure I should share. Um, it was a good meeting, and overall, they are going to uh, hopefully help us to have a closer connection with POS systems, which once we in can integrate with POS systems, it'll help us to be able to actually really leverage the one plus one equals three partnership. We, we've been slow towards actually integrating in a meaningful way with our customers. While we do have a couple, and I mean a couple, we have a couple paying customers, we want this to scale to every single dry cleaner across the country. And integrating with the POS system that is inside of every single dry cleaning company, or at least the vast market share of dry cleaning companies, is going to be really beneficial to us. So meeting up with Dublin Cleaners was a great step so that we could actually see what goes on inside of a dry cleaning operation. Like all of the automation and mechanization, how the humans interact with the machines, how artificial intelligence is used to make the process easier, how the bags are automatically sealed, and how the pressing machine works with the operator, and how all of the different pieces of clothing are separated from your order when you put it in, and then they're rejoined, recollected, remerged, and packaged and presented to you in a final finished and clean product. How all of that goes down, and which parts of those are controlled by a POS and monitored by a point of sale system, which parts are handled by the human operators, where does a human put their inputs into the machine that helps fuel the automation to happen? And where is data being tracked along the process? We got to walk through and see the entire operation from customers dropping off their order to it being processed to it being spat back out. And it was rapid fire of us with notebooks asking questions about the POS, asking in questions about their integration, how they decided this is a business. Dublin Cleaners is a really stand-up operation. They are very professional. It's led by some very quality people and it's a family company. I love I love their story and we talked a little bit about the Joe and Sons or the Jim and Sons or the Marion Sons and how we live in a time when a lot of businesses are started and then it's the so the, the people who started the Jim, the Mary, the the Tom, they create the foundation for the company to grow. The children, the sons, the daughters, the family, they see the success of their parents and they were also there biking around in the warehouse while their parents were putting nails into walls, while their parents were staying up late making calls. They are here to take the company to the next level. They've seen how hard their parents have worked. They want the same success that their parents wanted and now they have the resources to make that dream happen. So they're able to scale the company to the next level. I love companies like that. And while we were talking, we took the argument to the third stage. The grandsons, the grandchildren, are the one that take the entire empire to ruin. Having seen how hard it was for them to build up the company, the sons, the daughters, the first generation born after the father has established the company or the mother has established the company, they have a big drive to keep it going. But the grandchildren tend to feel entitled all that they know is the success of their parents. All that they've seen is that success. And it causes them to be jaded. It causes them to lack appreciation, to feel entitlement for what they have. 
that often can kill a culture, can kill a business model, can kill the success that the parents and grandparents had spent so much time building. Sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. Had a phenomenal conversation with Dublin Cleaners today. Um, and the barriers that have been slowing me down, recently it's been this cold that I have, but in the more general sense, it's having too many things on my mind and spreading myself thin with opportunity. Acting without taking time to be bored. I think I need to overcome this barrier by giving myself more time to be bored, which is one of the reasons why I spent time today reading the book Now You're Talking, which we'll go into after a quick word from Anchor. Now You're Talking is a book released in 2018 by Trevor Cox, who is a professor of acoustics engineering at the University of Salford in the UK, and he's a former president of the Institute of Acoustics. The reason I'm reading this book is I'm interested in voice technology, artificial intelligence, natural language processing, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant. It's a new way to interact with the same technology and internet that has been the bedrock of my existence, being born in the year 1996. I'm right on that edge of having technology in my life all the time. I've had the internet in my life since the day I was born. Pokemon was born in the year that I was born. But now we're here in voice and it's exciting and new, so I like reading about it. Today I was reading about subconscious bias that we have with voices. And it's interesting how our subconscious bias of association of words and images can roll together to affect how we process information based off of what we're taking in through our ears and what we're seeing with our eyes. I'm going to read a clip from the book, um, and you'll notice a couple things. Stereotyping makes it easier to interrupt and respond to social situations. But while it eases cognitive overload and enables us to make rapid judgments, it also reflects racist and sexist prejudices. As a famous psychologist experiment demonstrated, developed by Mazarin Banaji and colleagues, the Implicit Association Test measures people's reaction times to examine their unconscious bias. Accurate measurement became possible in the late 1990s when computers became commonplace in laboratories. And later such tests went online, which allowed hundreds of thousands of people to participate. In the test, the picture of a person and a word appeared together on the screen. The participant in the test has a task of rapidly deciding whether the word is good, such as love, laughter, peace, or bad, such as war, cancer, and failure. It turns out that most people, even many African Americans, tend to respond a few hundred milliseconds quicker when a positive word is shown alongside a white face than when the same word is displayed with the picture of a black person. Why is there a difference in these reaction times? It seems that when the combination of word and photo mirror our subconscious bias, oh, let me say that in a different way. It seems that when the combination of word and photo mirror our subconscious bias, the brain can process its response quicker because everything is as we expect. A mismatch or a combination that does not confirm our subconscious bias, such as a black face and the word peace, makes participants think for a fraction longer before responding. Now, 
I said the phrase, and you can take stuff out of the phrase that was read, but at the same time, take note of how I said it. You've been listening to me talk for this podcast, which has been probably about 10 minutes long, and you've heard how I talk for the majority of it. How did my tone change? How did my delivery change when I started to read a quote? You noticed that I had said a phrase in an incorrect way that conveyed meaning wrong, so I did a double take and tried to say the phrase a little bit differently based off of how I thought it should be read to convey the meaning I thought I should convey. So from the start of this paragraph, or from the start of the section, the quote that really made me want to talk about that right then is, we all spend time preening and choosing clothes to look good, but how many of us have put a similar effort into how we sound? We have this power to shape how our voices convey information, whether that's rapidly with a lot of information in a very short period of time, or if we draw out certain syllables and vowels to accentuate and place meaning on different parts of the phrase. Do I speak a little bit higher and constrain my vocal cords to try to convey some effect? Or do I try to take on a deep voice? Right now it's difficult with my cold, but a deeper voice to try to display more masculinity or more power. The voice that we use is within our control, and while outside of a certain range it does sound constrained, how we, we have a conscious ability, if we choose to, to shape how we sound, which drastically affects our ability to convey meaning. I am taking this now, now to apply this to voice technology such as Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. The voices that we choose to represent our personalities convey information in a different way. Yes, as simple skills, you can just put out simple text-to-speech from Alexa and from Google. But if you really want to start captivating an audience and creating a story and a personality and an avatar, think about using SSML, speech synthesis markup language, to add accents onto certain parts of a phrase or to add greater pauses in between the words that these um, virtual assistants are using. To go a step further, hire a voice actor, which is another human. Give another human a job to use their ability to convey emotion with their unique voice as the avatar for your application. So talking about this stuff is where I start to get worried that what I'm talking about is putting out a different image of the company than where we are. That sounds like something that came from an expert, but it did come from an expert. I just read it out of a book. Does it mean that I should get podcast listeners because I was able to say it and you guys are listening to it? Or is the fact that there are probably going to be 100 to 150 people listening to this episode a false signal that we have information that is valuable and that other companies don't have? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how we use social media because I think it's important for companies to brand themselves and to put out what it is they're doing and to document what they're doing so that way other people can see where they're at. They can take role models that don't need to be there in person. They can learn from stories that don't cost any money and they can gain experience without the failure. Let me know if you have any thoughts either in the voice messages or by taking our voice survey. You can launch a survey line by saying Alexa launch survey line and then when prompted for the code, Just say voice first podcast.